which is pretty cool. Got some work there that you're sharing with us. Does anyone want to talk to that? Tell us what you've been up to. What's that? These are the questions that we will ask later. Oh, fantastic. How many questions have you got there? Five. Five. Great. Okay. Well, we'll get cracking, eh? Because I know that you guys have been waiting there patiently. Um, it's now 9.35, so I'm not sure what's happened to our two speaking schools that popped in. Um, so just before we start, you guys that have got your five questions there, what, what school are you from? I'm Evangeline and we are year five to eight students from St. Paul's in Narawahia. Ah, now it makes sense because I can just see what you've signed in with and I didn't realise that you were our speaking school. And I do indeed have your five questions, so we'll get to that in just a moment. Apologies for not recognising that you were St Paul's Catholic School. Um, I was expecting to see see Bernie, who we worked with on the Hikoi Fahoora field trip. So sorry about that. But now I know who I'm talking to. Fantastic. <laughs> Apologies. Okay, I don't know that Hedge Hope School is going to join us. Um, they were supposed to send us some questions, so maybe they've had something happen in their classroom and haven't been able to. But uh, our recording is started, so if we're all ready, we'll start with intros and then we'll get into questions. Okay, let's get this Learns web conference underway. We'll start with a karakia. Unahia te po te po marama. Tomakia te ao te ao whatatangata. Tātai ki runga, tātai ki raro, tātai ahuro, himie huie tai ki e. Haere mai and welcome to the Saving Our Southern Species online field trip with the Wildlife Hospital Dunedin. It's very exciting to have you with us this morning to share what's been happening on this field trip. And we've got our expert here, Jordana, who is the Wildlife Hospital Trust Manager. Jordana, do you want to tell us a little bit about your mahi? Morena, hey, thanks for having me and thanks for coming along today. Um, so you hopefully met me on the field trip, um, but the, I work at the Wildlife Hospital here in Dunedin and uh, you will have known uh, from the field trip that we treat sick and injured native New Zealand animals at our wildlife hospital. Um, some of the patients you may be familiar with, you might have seen some of those in your backyards or uh, on the school grounds, and some of them might be new to you if you don't live on the South Island. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about some of those patients today. Fantastic. Kia ora. Thanks, Jordana. And Koshele Toku Ingoi, your learns kai arahi on this field trip. So You've probably seen me in the videos already if you've checked out the resources online and hopefully you've had time to do that. Um, and we've got our speaking school with us this morning, St Paul's Catholic School in Naruahia. 
is there someone there that would like to introduce your class and tell us a little bit about the work that you guys have been doing? I'm Evangeline and we are year five to eight students from St. Paul's in Narua here. Yeah, Morena, We've got yeah. Question. Can you tell us a little bit about what made you um, want to do this field trip? What have you been working on? What have you been learning? What do you do? What do we do? The Hakari Mata. Oh, we've been doing the Hakari Mata. We do Hakari Mata mass walker. That's what we do. Yeah. I don't know. Today we have the walker. Yeah. She's interested in doing Yes, yes. So you, you go in it. They've, they've been doing um, the Hikoi in Hakari Mata. Um, they've been walking and they've been looking around plants and different insects, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So that's Thank one thing that they're going to do. Mm. Yeah, so when you, you go out and explore your local environment, no doubt you've seen a few native species and um, it's a good opportunity on this field trip to find out a little bit more about some of our Taonga species. So well done. It's great to have you with us this morning. We've also got a listening class, St. Jared's School. Welcome along, and there will be opportunities to ask extra questions at the end. So we'll get underway with questions from St. Paul's. Can we have your first question, please? Hi, my name is Emerson, and why did you start up the hospital, and who did you start it up with? Thanks, Emerson. Jordana. Yeah, thanks, Emerson. Um, yeah, the, the not many people know, but before we opened our wildlife hospital in Dunedin, there actually weren't any wildlife hospitals in the, the southern part of the South Island. Um, so that meant that if there was an animal that was sick or injured that was an endangered species, like a kia or hoiho or a kakapo, they had to be flown up to the North Island to be treated at a hospital up on the North Island. Um, so you can kind of imagine if you um, have, say, fallen and broken your leg and you have to fly all the way to the North Island to see a doctor before you get any kind of pain relief or any kind of help. It's not so great. Um, it probably wouldn't feel very good. And so some of the outcomes weren't so great for um, some of those patients just because it took so long for them to see the doctor, or see the veterinarian. Um, so uh, in 2015, I met Dr. Lisa Argilla, who uh, is uh, the, the main wildlife veterinarian at our wildlife hospital. And she, um, she told me about the problem. She explained that there wasn't a wildlife hospital in Dunedin, and we have so much wildlife on the South Island that they really could benefit from having a facility down here. Um, and so I, I agreed that I would help her start the wildlife hospital. Um, and in the beginning, truly, we really didn't, we didn't know how to do that. I've never started a wildlife hospital before. It wasn't something that you could go and get an instruction book on how to do. Um, so we just started talking to a lot of people who worked in conservation and who worked in the veterinary field and, and talked to, talk to them about what we wanted to do and how we might start doing it. And we got a lot of really good advice and um, a lot of help from a lot of different people. Um, and more people started helping us. And then uh, in the end, we were able to open our hospital three years later. 
And so I think one of the one of the things that I learned from that experience is that you don't have to know exactly what you're doing. You don't have to be an expert. You just have to take really small steps and eventually you, you know, you, and, and and be honest about not knowing exactly what you're doing. I think that was okay too. People were, were more um, interested in helping. Um, and yeah, you can still accomplish heaps. Fantastic and really inspiring to hear that that journey that you've been on. And it's inspiration for all of us to think that, you know, if we've got a good idea, let's just get stuck in and see how it goes and get the right people around us so that we can try and make it happen. Kia ora. And question number two now, please. Hi, my name is Rex and hello, listening school. Um, but what is the strangest animal you have taken care of and why? Ah, thanks, Rex, and I'm really interested to hear the answer to this, Jordana. Yeah, cool. Hi, Rex. Thank you for that. Um, and I think a lot. The more I learn about our patients, like every species, there's always something really weird and cool about pretty much every species that we take care of. Um, so I, I really, one of the things that I love about my job is is learning more about all these animals. Um, yeah, you might see there's there's photos of cockapoo chicks on the upper right hand of your screen. They're pretty weird animals, but I think the strangest animal we've probably cared for is a tuatara. Um, so hopefully many of you will know what a tuatara is and what kind of what they are and what they look like. Um, but the more I learned about tuatara, the more I thought they were so interesting. Um, probably my favorite thing about tuatara is that when they're hatched from their egg, they actually have a third eye right in the middle of their forehead. And nobody knows exactly what that third eye is for. So we don't know why they have a third eye. There's some theories, um, but that's pretty cool. It's pretty weird, isn't it? Uh, and then as they get older, skin grows over the eye and it disappears. So when they're grown ups, they don't have the third eye anymore, which is pretty interesting. Um, and also something I think is really cool about the Tuatara is that uh, they used to, they, they've been around for so long that they used to have dinosaurs as their neighbors. So they lived at the same time as the dinosaurs and they're still around today, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And I, um, the Tuatara patient that we had, her, her name was Brutus. She's so cool. She's really beautiful. Um, she looked like she would be really, really slow, you know, like move kind of slow, like a sloth. You know, they're sort of these long lived animals. But when you would feed her, um, you'd have to use tongs because she would be so lightning fast when she would take the food away from you that you had to be, you had to use something other than your fingers. So yeah, I better not keep talking about Tuatara because <laughs> I think they're really, really cool. Indeed. And yeah, good to see some imagery of Tuatara there and think about um, the times that I've seen them. You can see them in the Orakanui Sanctuary, which is uh, in Dunedin if you're in Otiputi, and I'm sure there's other places that you can see them as well, but you could do a bit more research on Turatara and find out why they've got that third eye. There'll be theories, but no one knows for sure. Very interesting. Thanks, Jordana. Uh, now, question number three, please. Hi, I'm Ella. Um, I want to know what the biggest animal that you've operated on or rehabilitated on. Thanks, Ella. Um, so the biggest animal size-wise, Ella, has probably been um, in the hospital. We have had uh, a New Zealand fur seal. So it's a, um, a female 
fur seal. So she was about 65 kg. Um, and then the, um, the biggest animal that we've operated on outside the hospital was an adult New Zealand sea lion, um, which was probably like about 350 kg maybe. So pretty massive. Um, but then there's also kind of the, um, there's another question, which is, so there's the biggest animal, but then there's also what's the biggest surgery. So I think that's also a, a, a question I could answer at the same time. Um, and that's, we have had um, a cockapole that came to us that had uh, been hanging in a tree upside down. Uh, she got caught in a tree branch and she lost a lot of blood flow to her toes. And so we had to try to save her toes and save her foot. Um, which meant that she was in the hospital with us for 300 days, which is almost a year, which is a pretty huge, um, pretty huge time for a patient to be with us. And we had to do all kinds of things like um, we tried laser therapy to try to stimulate blood flow to her feet, to her toes, um, to try to save them. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't save her toes, but we we ended up amputating her toes or cutting off her toes. And she was able to live with a stump uh, and do all of the normal things that she um, had wanted to, you know, needs to do to be out in the wild and be successful. So we've had some big animals and we've had some big surgeries. I was muted there. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you, Jordana. So we'll move to question number four now, please. I'm Evangeline, and how old do you have to be to volunteer at the hospital? Do they need to have qualifications? If so, what? Uh, good question, Evangeline. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Evangeline. Um, so we have a minimum age requirement of 16 to volunteer in our wildlife hospital. Um, there aren't necessarily any qualifications that you need to volunteer. Uh, you do have to study for a health and safety exam and pass a health and safety exam um, that's that, that's based on working in the hospital. So we just we need people to understand what's involved um, and to be able to keep themselves and our patients safe. Um, but other than that, all of the training for volunteers, we we teach them all that in the hospital. Um, we don't expect people will have ever worked at a wildlife hospital before, or volunteered at a, a wildlife hospital before. Um, so that's that's you know, easy for us to do to help you with um, learning how to do that. So yeah, we, we volunteers are really, really important to the work that we do. Um, there's only um, six people on our vet team. And sometimes, you know, we might have 50 patients in the hospital at a time, sometimes even more than that, depending on the season. Um, so we really are super, super lucky that people in the community come out to help us. Um, they come and the volunteers do things like uh, cleaning cages for us in the morning, uh, preparing food, washing dishes that we used um, throughout the course of the day with our patients. Um, they might set up enrichment activities for our patients in their enclosures to keep them interested, um, you know, not getting too bored in hospital throughout the day. Um, they help us do the, the feedings and the treatments in the afternoons as well. So really, really important that we have a lot of people to help us. Yeah, and looking at the pictures on the screen, you can see that uh, there are people here that don't work at the wildlife hospital, but work directly with wildlife. So there are other ways that you can help um, our native animals as well. We've got people there from the Yellow Eye Penguin Trust, um, Project Kiriru, 
And we've got some school students that did a big monitoring project on kurura, the little blue penguins. So there are lots of ways that you can get involved rather than just volunteering at a hospital. It might be that you want to plant some native plants or clean up an awa near you. There's all sorts of things you could do. And if there are things that you're doing already that you'd like to share with us, we would love to hear from you as well. Okay, we'll go to the next question now, please. Hi, my name is Jordan, and my question is, what is the most rewarding or memorable part of your job? Ah, another great question. Thank you. Oh, that's really a hard one. Uh, I have so many cool, memorable things about my job. I'm really, really privileged to be able to do the work that I do at the Wildlife Hospital. It's it's a really exciting thing um, for me personally. Um, I'm really, I, I think we, we talked a little bit about why we started the hospital and, and how that happened. And I think I'm quite proud of helping um, start the hospital. That was a big, big deal. Like I said, I didn't know how to do that. I had never done it before. So it was that was quite rewarding to have that success of even just being able to open the hospital successfully. That's great. Um, I think I really, we work a lot with hoiho, yellow-eyed penguins that you met in the field trip. Uh, and to me, that's really special and really memorable um, and rewarding. It's all of those things um, because the yellow-eyed penguins are in, a, in quite a bit of trouble. They need a lot of help at this point, um, especially those young chicks that you met on the field trip. And so we know that we're making a really, really big difference for that species. And that means a whole lot to me. So I see that um, you know most of the hoi-ho chicks that are hatched on the mainland come through the hospital for help. And if we weren't there to help them, most of those chicks unfortunately would have died. Um, so yeah, our work with penguins is really um, pretty special to me. And also one of the just really cool things that I get to do is I get to meet all these animals. You know, I get to see them swimming in our therapy pool and I get to help feed them in the afternoons if um, the vet team needs a little extra help and um, just have contact with things like cockapoo and, and um, other species that many people will never get to meet. And that's really, that's really special. Fantastic. Yeah, very rewarding job. And it was such a privilege to be able to share some of the mahi that you do, being a local Utiputi girl from Dunedin. Um, very nice to see what's happening in my own area. Often I go on field trips to other areas. So very nice to be able to share what's happening in, in my hometown. And yeah, very rewarding work indeed. So that's uh, all our speaking schools questions this morning. Well done for putting those together. Really interesting. You've obviously thought hard about asking good open-ended questions. So well done. Um, we have got time for other questions, so if you'd like to pop those in the chat uh, pod, you can, or come up and unmute your microphone and we can ask those. We'll open it up perhaps to St. Jared's to start with because they've been listening in patiently and they might want to tell us a little bit about the mahi that they've been doing as well. Kia ora. Kia ora, I'm Freddie from St. Jared's. Have you ever worked with whales? Ah, good question. Thanks, Freddie. Thanks, Freddie. Um, not yet. We haven't had any um, purely aquatic marine species that have needed our help, um, like whales or dolphins. 
Um, but we certainly would try. Absolutely. So if Doc rang us and said we have, you know, a stranded whale or an injured dolphin or something um, in the shallows, we would absolutely send our vet team out to try to help it. Um, that's something that we obviously have to do out in the field. So we wouldn't be able to have a whale or a dolphin in the hospital. Um, but we have lots of equipment that uh, allows us to, to go out and, and uh, treat patients in the field. So you never, you never hope that you see one of these different species because obviously you don't want the animals to get hurt and need help, but we would be pretty excited to be able to, to help one of, you know, whale or dolphin. Yes, indeed. I guess it's a little bit like being a firefighter. You don't want there to be a fire, but it's quite exciting and good to be able to apply your skills if there is one. Thank you. And I can see some action from St. Paul's. Have you got any other questions there that you want to ask? She got one more question. Ayla, this is Ayla. Um, do you take care of invertebrates or insects? Ah, yes, we had interest in this in our previous web conference as well. So insects and vertebrates. Yeah, so we, um, we, it's certainly not a typical patient for us. So most of our patients are birds, and then we do sometimes get marine mammals. Um, but we have, we, we did actually have one um, native butterfly brought to us um, a couple of years back, and it had a little bit of a, a tear in its wing, and so it couldn't fly. Um, and we, our vets and our vet nurses had to actually do a little bit of research to see what they might be able to do to help the butterfly. Um, certainly, we'd give it our best shot. Unfortunately, there wasn't much we could do for the butterfly with the torn wing. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, actually the only instance that anybody's brought us any kind of insect, um, you know, non-avian, non non-mammal um, animal. But we, we if it's native, we will do our absolute best. So yeah, we welcome invertebrates and insects for sure. Fantastic. And have we got any other questions from either St. Gerard's or St. Paul's, please? Introduce yourself. Nice big, clear voice. Um, hi, I'm Lily, and my question is, what's the rarest animal you've worked with? Well, thanks, Lily. Um, the rarest animal that we worked with has to be the Southern New Zealand dotterel. Um, so I'm not sure if you've heard about this, um, this animal before. There are dotterels in other parts of the country, but the Southern dotterel, there's only about 120 of them left in the whole world. So you can imagine that they're endemic, which means that they're found only in New Zealand. And then the Southern dotterel is basically just found on Rockyura Stewart Island. Um, so they have just one little area that they use. And unfortunately, there are a lot of feral cats on Rocky or Stewart Island. And these little birds, um, are they nest on the ground. So they're quite vulnerable to being attacked by cats. The, the chicks and the eggs will often get taken by predators like cats. So they're pretty highly managed by the Department of Conservation. Um, but yeah, there's only a, yeah, there are only a few, really only a few left. Um, you can imagine it was quite stressful for our staff when we heard that there was a Southern New Zealand dotterel coming in because we know just how precious they are. And nobody had ever had one in hospital before. So we weren't actually sure how the animal would respond to the stress of being held in captivity. It was a wild animal, so you can understand that they wouldn't like to be in captivity very much. 
Um, but thankfully, it, it, it managed it really well, and we were able to fix it and send it back out into the wild. So that was a really big success for us to be able to take care of one of those birds. Absolutely, a real privilege. And I'm not sure if we've got any other questions, but I have one question, and we talked a little bit about this, Jordana, throughout the field trip. So you've had a, a big variety of patients. What, what are some of the standout stories of, of perhaps some patients that have ended up in the hospital more than once? Yeah, one of my favorite patients to talk about is a hoi ho or yellow-eyed penguin called Crystal. So we called her Crystal because she came to us from a place called Crystal's Beach in South Otago. Um, and she uh, she actually came to us in the very first summer that we were working, that we were open and, and, and working on animals. And she had been bitten by a shark. And she, let me tell you, not just any, I mean, she was shredded by a shark. It looked awful. We were not sure if we would be able to save Crystal. Um, it was pretty terrible injury. Um, but we did. So we were able to kind of fix her up and send her back out into the wild after a stint in, in rehab at Penguin Place. Um, so released successfully back into the wild. And then the next summer, she turned up at the hospital again, also having been bitten by a shark. Um, so she hadn't learned her lesson from the year before, unfortunately. Um, but that time it wasn't quite as bad, which is good. Uh, so we were again able to do some surgeries, fix her up, send her out to Jason and his team at Penguin Place, and she was released back into the wild. And then the next summer she came back to us again with another shark bite. <laughs> so she definitely hadn't learned her lesson yet. Uh, again, it was not as bad. So she was at least getting faster at getting away from the shark probably. Uh, so again, we patched her back up, sent her to Jason, and he released her. Uh, and the next year, we thought, well, we're definitely going to see Crystal again because she's got a pattern. Um, but we, she didn't. She didn't come back in. Uh, and that actually started to worry us, thinking, oh, no, what if what if the sharks finally, finally got her? Um, but last season, I'm really... This is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened to us is uh, the, the rangers from Doc who work um, down in the Catlins with the Hoi Ho down there rang us to tell us that they found Crystal on one of their reserves and that she had chicks. So she, yeah, so it's a total success story. So we were able to save Crystal three different times uh, and then she went on to have um, babies of her own so that we're really proud of Crystal and we hope that her babies never come in with shark bites. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And I'm so glad that you were able to save Crystal. And now she's got a whanau of her own. So that's just beautiful. Thanks, Jordana. Have we got any other questions? All good if, if not? Yes. It's for yes. again. What's, your, what's the most difficult animal you've worked with? Good question. Hmm, the most difficult animal that we work with. Um, gosh, that's that's a really interesting question. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of animals that can be really challenging to work with for different reasons. Um, I think uh, you know, sea lions are one that's that challenging just because of their sheer size and the fact that we have to sedate them before we can work with them um, to make sure that it's safe for all, our staff. Um, challenging gosh it sort of depends I guess on what what they come what their ailment is you know what their injury or what their illness is 
There's something called um, aspergillosis, which is uh, a fungal a fungal infection, a disease that affects lungs. And we've had quite a few cockapole that have come in with aspergillosis. Um, and it can be a really long-term thing to fix. And that, that can be difficult. It's really, that, and they'll kind of do this thing where they seem like they're getting better and we think that's it, we've got this beat. And then they, they kind of get worse again and then get better again and get worse again. So you're never quite sure if they're actually on the mend. Um, and then in terms of, um, well, there's hope, so many challenges actually. Um, you get some, some animals like, a, a, for example, a Northern Royal Albatross, which is a massive big bird. So you have, we have some space challenges because almost none of our enclosures are big enough to hold an adult Royal Albatross. Um, but then they also get quite stressed out in hospital. So you have to kind of balance, are you doing enough good, you know, working on their injury or their illness to justify the stress that you're putting them under by being in hospital? And you don't want them to actually get worse because they're really scared or upset about being in the hospital. Um, and then you then you also get some really um, like picky kind of animals like kiwi in in particular um we find quite challenging to have in hospital because they don't like to eat while they're there um so you have to basically you know force feed them these little we call them kiwi burgers they're just these little like meat patties that we make up out of a bunch of strange ingredients for kiwi um and they so you have to kind of push the food down uh to get them to eat it and they're really squirmy and they don't like to be handled and they have those really long, delicate beaks. And um, our, our staff find that quite stressful to have. Um, they're really, really tricky to have in hospital. So we, we love Kiwi. We don't get them very often, um, but we're always, we're always really happy to send them back out to the wild. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of different, different types of challenges as well. Excellent. Well, I think that's about uh, our time for questions, but have we got anything else that our schools want to add this morning? Just pop your hand up if you've got anything else, otherwise we'll bring our web conference to a close. Oh, there is something there, Shelley, from St. Gerard's. Yep. St. Gerard's, I can see a, a student there. Hi, I'm Vana, and what is the most common and favourite species you normally see? Uh, thanks, Vanya. Okay, there are two, well, two ways to approach that question. So there's common in terms of like, abundance out in the wild, you know, the, the, the most common that you might see, um, which would probably be um, well, we, I guess we take care of a lot of Tui, for example, Tui, bellbirds, um, silver eye, wax eye um, patients. So most of those will come to us because they've either been um, attacked by cats or they've hit a window. Um, so those are the ones that we kind of see all across Aotearoa, New Zealand. And then there's the most common in terms of how often we see that species. And for us, it would be the hoi ho or the yellow-eyed penguin. So we see probably about um, 180 yellow-eyed penguins every year, which is pretty significant. Um, there's, you know, there's only a few hundred breeding pairs left on mainland New Zealand. So for us to get 180 of them is 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 pretty significant. Um, so there, the the whole time that we've been open, yellow-eyed penguins are the our most frequently admitted patient in the hospital. And after that would be the kereru. 
Fantastic, thank you. So that's it for our, our questions this morning, I think. But thank you very much, Jordana, for all your great answers. It's been a pleasure to find out more about the Wildlife Hospital. And remember, you can check out the videos uh, to find out more. Thanks to our speaking school, uh, St Paul's Catholic School in Narawahi. And thanks to our listening school, St Gerard's. It's been great to have you along with us this morning as well. So... Uh, do check out all the resources on the field trip website and hopefully you can join us on another field trip soon but also think about sharing some of the learning that you've been doing I would love to hear about the mahi that you've done in your classroom and then we can share that with other schools around the, the mutu and get people inspired to help save native species which is what it's all about trying to enhance the welfare of our native animals and increased biodiversity. So thank you very much for everyone who have has taken part this morning. And we can say a big goodbye. Bye guys, thank you very much. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, thank you everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.